0: Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. It's Wednesday, sixteenth of October. My name is Ben. Joined as always by Andrew. How you doing, pal? I'm doing very well. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, international break dragging like a thing that drags a lot. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm, uh, how much international football have you watched uh, this weekend and, and uh, midweek?
1: I watched both Ireland games. Uh... I didn't actually watch all the England Bulgaria game. I watched the England Czechoslovakia game and the Wales match, and that's it. Right. What about you? But
0: well, you've watched significantly more than me. Well, <laughs> yeah. I watched most of Ireland last night, um, but uh, yeah, I think apart from that, I've probably seen about twenty-five minutes of football. I've um I've used this time more productively, I suppose. Um, to actually do some, you know, <laughs> I guess, important life things. Yeah, some real life stuff. Yeah, yeah. so I don't know, maybe that's mixed. Making...
1: It never stops for me because I've obviously got to get view from from Fleck and Robinson and Eagle. Obviously, we've also got the entire island squad, are not we, these days? so Pretty much,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, nice one. So, okay, so what we're going to do today, uh, there's three things, and we're going to try and rattle through these uh, at a good pace, I think, because there's quite a lot to cover. So yeah, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to give a rating out of ten to uh, all our summer signings. We're going to spend a little bit of time on each of them and uh, yeah, think about how they've how they've got on so far. Uh, then we're going to give out quarter season awards from what we've seen so far, and then towards the end we'll also preview the Arsenal game as well. So are you ready to talk about our new signings? I'm ready as I love a lover be. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, some context here. Uh, This is going to be based on their performances, obviously, the value for money. Do they uh, fit what we needed and potentially need now? Are they matching up to our expectations for them? Um, So, yeah, just just before we dive in, I thought it was... Do you know how many of our signings? We signed 10 players, I think it was, if you include Dean Henderson. Um, Do you know how many have played more than 100 league minutes this season?
1: I wonder thought a lot because as I was doing my ratings, I was thinking, "Well, that's a tough one because I've not seen them play." <laughs> so yeah,
0: go on, hit me with the facts. Yeah, it's, it's just five, if you yeah, including Henderson. So yeah, yeah I, is that surprising? Do you think? So I have a minimum of eight hundred minutes, obviously per player, and yeah, only five of them have actually played slightly more than a full game.
1: I think if you'd have said at the beginning of the season, we'd have been basically lining up. It's been pretty much the ten from last season, plus a striker, hasn't it? Mm. Um, I think you'd have been like, well, really? But, you know, they've they played well, are not they? So you can't really fault Wilder for doing it.
0: No, indeed. Um, right, where, which which one do you want to start with? Let's start with... Shall we start with Callum Robinson? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one, actually, because I can, I can quickly talk about something that... Uh, is a, maybe this is true of all all clubs, but I think... Robinson's the one where I feel this quite keenly and it's this, this this kind of a thing of like when we sign a player there's like a timer on them and and once they've done something the timer starts again and if the timer goes beyond a certain period of time then we forget the good things that they've done <laughs> and I feel like Callum Robinson is the uh, quintessential new signing timer player because it's it's not very long at all since he was fantastic in that second half against Chelsea um, and, you know, scored a goal, created the equaliser and basically just, just you know, destroyed Azpilicueta and um, and Tamori in that game in the second half. Yeah. And yet he's not done anything for like three games since and now his stock has kind of plummeted, I suppose. So, yeah, he's, he's the one that I feel, I, I always feel like with, with new signings, like we're quite slow to take to them and... Yeah, he's one that yeah, just seems to be sort of is like I say, his his uh, stock is just slipping a bit. It feels like. Do you
1: think that's fair? Yeah, I mean, after that Chelsea game, I think we all thought he's arrived. You know, you know, he's, yeah. he's going to step up from here and he's going to like push on and stuff. But I think he were injured, weren't he? After the one after, because uh, I think he came back from the Ireland squad with a slight injury, so he are on the bench for the Southampton game. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Um, and yeah, and to be fair, the last two games that I've seen him and the 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 Ireland game against Georgia, which I watched. He just didn't really do anything. To be honest, he didn't get involved. He, you know, it's I can't, You can't write him off. It's way too early. And I'm, but I, is the is the one. The reason I picked him out first is because he is the one player out of the lot that I'm more worried about than mm. the rest of them personally. Because I don't know. He seems to lack strength to the point where it negates anything else that he, he could offer. I, I don't think he's really shown much pace neither. I don't know if he's. He seems to be playing within himself for me. Mm, um, I think he's sort of. It's almost as if he doesn't want to go full pelt because he's an injury or something. I mean, I'm not saying there is. That's just how it seems to me, you know, judging from the outside looking. And I'm sure Wilder will know what what's going on. But I think he looks a little bit off the pace.
0: Yeah, he does. It, I can't I can't believe he is actually injured because I don't. We don't play injured players. No, like very very rarely. I know. McBurnie uh but got through Everton, didn't he, with a um, uh, pain killing injection? But generally, yeah. we don't play players. So. If he was actually injured, I think we would have known about it. But I know what you mean. I think that's a very astute point you've made there with um, playing within himself. That's that's kind of how I feel as well. Having you know seen him, seen a fair bit of him now, and you know seen him for Preston as well. But he, I sort of feel he's been a bit too safe in what he does. Like mm. I, I kind of want him to try a bit more. I mean, I was just sort of just looking through some of his stats, and I, although it was interesting, he has the highest pass completion percentage out of the entire team which is interesting yeah which you know you would think that would be um well probably Norwood or someone like that or you know maybe even one of the the centre-halves who were you know just playing short safe passes and yeah generally having a you know obviously you want a high pass completion percentage but it does also smack of being very safe in what you're doing not you know not attempting through balls or switching play or anything like that um so I thought that was quite noticeable. I mean, he has got a goal, and uh, you know, it doesn't count as, a, as an assist. The equaliser no. at Chelsea, but it kind of shows you that assists aren't exactly the be-all and end-all kind of statistic. Um, no, it, it was his assist, realistically, weren't it? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah I, I think I just expected a, a little more out of him so far. He has got the he's had the highest number of shots on the team, which is is good to to have that because you know <laughs> that is kind of one of the reasons we signed him to try and you know be a player to. I guess, drop his shoulder and just try and create something out of nothing. But, um, yeah, I don't feel like I've seen enough of that. So, I'm I'm at like a 6 out of 10 on this signing so far, I think. What about you? I've actually given him a 4. Oh, you, maybe you're a harsh re-
1: Yeah, and I think that's more of my own hyping him up in pre-season mm. rather than anything else. So, even in pre-season, obviously, it's lower opposition. But even against, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, studied de Rems or whatever, or a decent French, team beat PSG a couple of weeks ago. He mm. looks... He was our best player in that game as well, from what I saw. And I don't think he's—I don't think it's the step up in quality that's really affecting him for me. He's, he's just—I don't know. It's—it's a, it's a strange one. I think that sort of lack of strength and that lack of sort of burst of energy is missing. That's what sort of stood him out for me in preseason. The fact that he could get the ball, run with it, got a bit of—not the fastest player in the world, but enough pace to you know cause a few problems, do a few tricks and stuff. And I don't think we've seen any of that. Bare, other than the first half against Bournemouth, where I thought he looked quite lively, obviously got a shot away fairly early on, and the second half, obviously, against Chelsea, I think we've probably seen 90 minutes of him. And I I were expecting him to be, you know, the one out of all the signings to say, wow, we've got a real bargain there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not, he's not really a striker, is he? I mean, I think at, no. um, at Preston, yeah. he kind of used this sort of, uh, like a wide forward and he was, you know, he would drop deep and pick it up a lot. And I was hoping to see more of that from him, to be honest. So I don't know if we're you know, trying to ask him to play a slightly different role or whether he's just not, you know, he's just finding that step up to the Premier League to be quite challenging. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, yeah, just to come back to that pass percentage thing, I mean, you know, obviously I'm not saying he'd be a better player if he gave the ball away more because, you know, that doesn't make yeah. any sense at all. But it's just, I think that's just indicative of like, just, yeah, just being a bit too safe. and Safe, partic- yeah. And particularly, uh, you know, the way that we've played as a team, we've not created that much, you know, we're not, having many chances, having many shots, certainly compared to the Championship. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it's. I want to see more from him, I think. so.
1: Yeah, we should check out the Ireland uh, comments from when we first signed him. I think it was the first views I got from him. They were saying, we don't really know where to play him. And I think we are sort of in that same sort of scenario. Ireland don't really play with wingers, out-and-out out wingers. We don't play with wingers. So... You know whether we're trying to mould him into like a McGoldrick sort of player who comes deep, but I think he's got a lot, lot more to offer, a uh, lot more to offer us anyway.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's move on then to um, well, let's talk about McBurney. That's a good, a good headline one to to transition yeah. into. <clears throat> so I, I think McBurney is like uh, is a classic sort of suffering from lack of service player, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of. It's a big price tag. He's um, got one goal. It could have been uh, two. I suppose one ruled out via yep. VAR. There was one at Everton as well, um, which which was their own goal from Lerma. Where yeah, we
1: should have tapped in. He yeah, would have
0: tapped that in. Yeah. So I think he's done okay. He doesn't get many shots. He doesn't get many chances. This is the thing that I don't know if this is a concern or not. I, you know, we I think we talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago. You know. Why is it McBurney getting on the end of these chances? You know, like that one that fell yeah. to Leon Clark against um, Liverpool. Like, oh, you know, if only that was McBurney, maybe he'd have scored. Um, yeah. So yeah, but if you actually sort of look at it, he's he's done all right. I think is you know his expected goals is is uh, a shade over one, and he has one goal, so it's not like McGoldrick where he's he's drastically chances, yeah. yeah, where he's massively underperforming the chances he gets um He has three chances created himself, which is the joint most uh, of all our strikers with Sharp. um We've also used him a load aerially. You know, we we have been. I was quite surprised by how much this is, but it is one of the like uh, most uh, aerial duels out of any striker in the league. I think, I think it's the eighth most yeah. in the league which surprised me a little bit, It probably
1: speaks to the way we've had to play on the back. Yeah, sort of I bit. saw Jay put up the stats of the, uh, I think it were uh, past completion stats, I think it was well, Brighton, like third, and I think we were like full fifth from bottom or something like that, which
0: yeah.
1: didn't really surprise me with the way we've been playing. I don't think we've been playing necessarily direct, but we've obviously been defending a lot more, particularly, you know, the Everton game and, and even the Liverpool game at home to a to a lesser degree. Obviously, we've been camped in our R to a certain degree, so... Yeah.
0: Yeah, so and you know you look at those seventy four aerial duels. Uh, is one thirty eight. So you think like, oh, that's that's not very good, not very impressive, fifty one percent. But then you actually look through um, everyone who's ahead of him in that uh, the most usage, and none of them have a higher rate than that. Everyone else, mm. everyone else who's attempting more aerial duels. So you know all these like target men strikers. Uh, you know Ashley Barnes, uh, yeah. Haller for West Ham. Everyone else is sub fifty percent. So it, it's one of them. I always think like if you're a target man striker, you should win. I don't know, he should win 8 out of 10 headers or something like that. But in, in practice, it's much more like 30%, 40%. So, yeah. he, he, he looks... I always feel he looks a bit... I don't know, his frame makes him look weaker than he actually is. Um, and the fact he's only got one goal, I suppose, and he's not getting chances, I think this has like put some people on a bit of a downer with him, whereas I'm... Yeah. I think he's done all right, though he was really good against uh, Liverpool in that whole game. It um, was good in the... When he came off the bench against Leicester as well, um, it's just sort of mixed in with a few iffy showings, I suppose. And then obviously yeah. he went off injured against uh, Watford as well. But I'm am a seven out of ten on this. I think he's done, I think he's done pretty much as well as can be asked of him. And I hope that he gets more service because if he doesn't, then he, unfortunately he's probably not going to score many goals. What about you? Yeah. Sorry, I thought you finished. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm done, go ahead. I, I, went, I went with a six, I didn't see the Leicester game, which is obviously, I imagine that's the game that's pushed it up to a seven for you, because mm. uh, by all accounts, he was really good in that game. Uh, but I've gone into bat for him a few times on forums and stuff, and he's obviously got a lot of stick. I think a lot of it's to do with the price tag, which I, you can't ignore, but at the same time, I think it's it's irrelevant now he's here, you know. Yeah. I don't think you should... Keep putting that on him. We've spent that money. We're not going to get it back. So let's just see how he goes on as a player. I think he's basically had two chances since he's been at the club. He scored one and then had one disallowed against Southampton due to the VAR. I think his work rate means that he could always be an handful. Um, And I certainly think there's a player in there. I just think he needs to settle down a little bit. He is a player, I think, who's had a few injuries. Obviously, he didn't start the season with us in... um, Obviously, he wasn't used to the system. Then he had the injection at Everton. He got taken off against Watford, where he were. So, I don't think we've fully seen him at He's very, very peak. But I think we've just got to stick with him. I think there's a player in there. I think he's young enough to
0: improve. And
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of stick going around for him. But, I mean, how many games has he actually started? Is it three?
0: Mm, three or four, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, not many at
1: all. Yeah. I, I don't think... And it's the first time, realistically, he's had a, a run of games in the Premiership. I don't think he played that many for Swansea in a row. So... Yeah, I've gone for a six because I think he's his work rate is. You, I don't think you can fault that. As you said, he's, he's a handful like with his aerial duels and things like that. He puts defenders under pressure. It's just that next bit of getting on the end of things and getting into goal-scoring positions.
0: Yeah, indeed, he has. Uh, excuse me, he has had nine shots in uh, in our eight games, which obviously he's not started. But yeah, yeah that's you know you want that, you want that number to be a lot higher. I think even if yeah. it is you know taking a shot from from longer range. Um but yeah I think he's done okay. Uh he has the highest expected assists out of all our forwards as well. So he is he has created chances um as well as getting a goal himself. I know yeah he's I think if we'd only signed him for like 10 million people wouldn't really be you know wouldn't really be that bothered about him but No. I mean
1: well, I he's, think he's got more stick than Robinson and I personally think he's offered more than Robinson.
0: I agree with that, yeah. Um he is another one who he obviously missed the scotland games through injury um yeah. and I, I think we will miss him if he's not in the team um for the next couple of games so hopefully he is fit um all right moving on which one do you want to go to next Should we go for the other striker musay what did you give to sorry what was the rating you give for them at bernie signing wasn't it? it's six, out six out of six, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah yeah go on then musay
1: i'll give musay an eight which is weird because he hadn't started <laughs> but I just think his impact in the Chelsea and Everton games in particular were immense I don't think there's any other striker on our books who could have given us what he did in those cameos I think he's arguably been our best forward without even starting yet I mean it's easier to come on obviously in games when defenders are tired but he's certainly the most explosive forward we've had the, the the player who's caused more difficulties I think consistently throughout the games he's played for, for uh, the opposition it's weird because in pre-season, me and you were saying that he's probably a fifth-choice striker and now pretty much everyone <laughs> <laughs> wants him to start, so it shows what an impact he has made.
0: Yeah. Now, I've, I've gone for eight as well, just um, I haven't seen anything to kind of dissuade me from that, apart from I don't think he, he's still, you know, it's taken him a while to get up to fitness, hasn't it? That's kind of why yeah. I'm sure he would have started by now if he was good for 90 minutes. But, <clears> you know, from, from what we have seen in those uh, 116 league minutes so far... He just seems to have all the tools to be like a really impactful striker for us, and and honestly, if if a couple of strikers <coughs> get ten goals this season, that puts us in a really good place. You'd have to yeah. think in terms of you know if a few of the players chip in around that. So yeah, it, as you say, he's, he's uh, very different to anything that we we have in the rest of the squad and have had for a while. So it looks a good signing. I mean, you know, it was a club record at the time of the signing, I think, and it raised some eyebrows. But yeah, I think. I think in that even in that limited contribution it, it looks like a, a good signing so far. So yeah, yeah, at this at this early stage I'm I'm comfortable with an 8 out of 10 rating for that one. I um, just
1: don't think any other striker could have come on against Chelsea and cause the problems he did uh, and come on against Everton and get the goal that he did as well which exactly. just show I mean I think he's going to be one of them uh, players that fans love and managers get frustrated with he doesn't do the simple things as <laughs> he is quite sort of laboured on the ball sometimes and he, he might take a few more touches and try something outrageous. So that's what fans want to see, but I can understand at the same time why Wilder's not quite started him yet.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, you know, another one I gave eight out of 10 to is Phil Jagielka, mm. who has played a mere 27 minutes of league football, <clears throat> but they were in extremely good 20, well, 26 <laughs> minutes or so at Everton and, um, so yeah, this was a free free signing, It's always nice. Uh, I have to say, I was I was pleasantly surprised by how good he was at Everton. I mean, all right, they yeah. they kind of played into our hands a little bit by you know just sort of chucking the ball into the box constantly, and he just basically mopped it up. But no, I think that's uh, you know he, he looks uh, he, well, he, he is. He's been the the you know fourth choice centre half, so the the next man up essentially when when we've needed um, someone to go back there and move. Bash forward, or if somebody's going to come off injured or something like that. So, yeah, it seems, seems a, a good value signing for this season at least.
1: Yeah, I've given him a seven purely just on the minutes he's played. I, yeah. I, I didn't want to give him an eight, I thought it might be a bit too uh, too much of a jump that. But uh, he's done exactly what I thought. He's come out, he's coming on two games to see it out. In both games, we didn't concede. Um, it, I mean, obviously, we're quite poor in the cup games. I'm not putting anything onto cup games these days. To be honest, <laughs> no. I think like, you know, everyone looks poor in those games. So he's done exactly what I thought he would do. He's, he's obviously, it's he's just simple, isn't it? He? He, he comes in, he, he defends. That's it. Job done. See you later. It's that's exactly what I thought. I mean, it'd be interesting. I imagine he will have to start a game soon, especially with the games coming thick and fast and things around Christmas. He probably will have to start one, which might that'll prove. You know how good of a signing it actually is but for what he's doing at the moment I don't think you can fault him
0: yeah exactly that um, what about Luke Freeman what's your thoughts on him I've got an 8 to Luke Freeman Okay, I think I think it was really harsh in being dropped
1: it worked out for the best because Fleck's been brilliant since he's come back in mm. but when Fleck came into the team against Southampton I think we were all like he's dropped Freeman Jeff Freeman's been brilliant <laughs> I thought he was absolutely superb against Palace um, when he pretty much played the full 90 didn't he against Against Palace, um, but and then obviously in the game at uh, Chelsea, second half he were part of the the turnaround. I thought he he linked up well and things, and yeah, again the only the only blight against him is the cup game against someone that I saw. But again, I'm not really too bothered about that. So uh, yeah, I think I think he's been good, and I think the next injury, if Flack is injured for the Arsenal game, for instance, if he's if he don't come back fit, I think we, surely Freeman's got to be straight in there.
0: Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Um... I've got slightly low. Going with the seven, I, I think. Right. Yeah, although you you, you know, make a good case there. I, th- I think he's done pretty well. Um, I guess you know what do we want out of him? We kind of want this sort of you know, Mark Duffy esque creation yeah. with, with some like ability to drive on the counter attack, and we've definitely seen that. Um, <clears throat> his actual sort of chance creation numbers are, are okay, but not amazing. So he's he's averaging zero point seven chances created per ninety. Whereas you know, for comparison, Fleck has more than double that playing the same role. I think Fleck is one point seven. Yeah, uh, Lundstrom has more. Stevens has more. So, you know, he's he, he is he is obviously involved in that final third, but I don't feel like we've seen the actually playing the killer pass and you know creating a chance as much as maybe I'd want just yet. Um, but yeah, is, yeah, I think that's
1: right? fair. I do, I do think that's fair.
0: Yeah, he's he's uh, also a most fouled player after McGoldrick which is. You know that that has actually led to you know a few chances for us. The uh, the goal at Bournemouth came from him. You know, a nice bit of skill flicking it over the defender and winning the free kick and we ended up scoring from that. So you know he, he is making an impact. And yeah, as you say, uh, I'd have no qualms at all about him stepping in for for Fleck if he is indeed injured. And what do we pay for him? Is that four million something like that? I mean, yeah, something, yeah, yeah, four million for for what we've seen out of him seems seems pretty good value. But yeah, I'm, I'm seven love- out of ten, I think.
1: I think it's worth noting as well that he's not actually played in his position yet. He's right. played in a flat three. I think we all thought when he came in, he was going to basically just replace Duffy. Mm. And I do think eventually we will go to that number 10 behind the strikers. And I think that's possibly when you'll see the best of Freeman.
0: Yeah, that's a, a very good shout. All right. the uh, Well, we can talk about Dean Henderson, I suppose. Um, is, I'll put him, yeah. in, put him in brackets, but he is technically a new signing. Um I think uh, eight out of ten. To be honest, I mean, you know, is the only. So we're talking about the signing here, rather than the performance, but um, yeah. performances, I should say. So the the downside is, you know, we we still don't know if we have a, uh, I guess, top championship or Premier League caliber goalkeeper because he's he's not as, and you know, he, he probably uh, won't become available for us um, for any kind of reasonable fee that we might be willing to spend, I guess, but. Yeah, he's uh you know, he's been very solid. Uh he's obviously had uh, a couple of mistakes, one of them particularly high profile against Liverpool, but then has kind of, you know, won us some points himself, I think, with uh, you know, big saves at Everton and particularly at Watford the other week. So yeah, it's uh, he didn't cost us any money beyond, you know, loan fees or wages or anything like that. So eight out of ten to kind of uh I guess stand pat on the goalkeeping situation is, is pretty decent, I think.
1: Yeah, I gave I gave a seven purely because of the mistakes, but you've 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 spun a good web of um, praise there that I, I completely go along with. Uh, I think obviously Costas' the game against Liverpool is no getting away from that. He also made a poor error against Chelsea, uh, but there's, und- there's no doubt that he saved us that point against Watford. I don't think many other keepers, even in this league, would have pulled those saves off. Certainly not anyone we could have afforded anyway. Mm. So I think whilst there has been mistakes, he's also produced saves that have actually won us points and kept us in games. There's also that save uh, against Chelsea when it was 2-1. I think, was it from Tommy Abraham? Yeah. It was, yeah. And obviously got down low. That were a great save. That kept us in the game. So I've given him a seven based on those two mistakes, but I've got absolutely no worries about him whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I think just from a, like, just talking about the signing and the sort of value as well, I mean, you know what was it? Villa spent was it ten million something like that on uh, yeah. on Heaton, who is he's a good goalkeeper, and what is he? He's, I think he's just turned thirty, about that sort of age. So he's you know he's kind of in his in his peak years, I suppose, but obviously nowhere near decline yet. So you know that that is going to be a, a good signing for them. But I I didn't really want us to spend like ten million on a goalkeeper this summer. I, I felt there was you know higher priority areas. So I'm I'm glad that we were able to get someone in for. Not for free, but you know, for pretty much a nominal fee compared to that kind of thing. So, yeah. He's actually
1: 33 heated, I've just checked. Oh, is he? Blimey. Which Blimey. is a lot. I mean, I know obviously goalkeepers play a lot longer than uh, outfield plays, but that's a lot of money for a 33 year old goalkeeper, really, isn't it? God, is he really
0: 33? I have no idea. He is as well, yeah. Blimey. Wait, <clears> where did <throat> they sign from? Burnley?
1: Burnley, yeah. 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 They
0: exactly. had obviously three England goalkeepers <laughs> <didn't>, last <laughs> season for some reason. Well, it is strange. I don't know what they were. What was going on there? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, right. And then these last ones, I think we can probably cover very quickly because there's not too much to say about them. Um, ben Osborne, I give a five out of 10 because I just don't know. I don't know if he's good or not. He's, he's sort of, he's done okay in a kind of come on and run round a bit sort of role. Mm-hmm. You know, he's played a grand total of 13 minutes is it that
1: um, much? I've
0: actually, I thought we were about five, to be honest. Maybe it might be including injury time, I suppose. Um, yeah. You know, we paid a bit of a fee for him. I think it was like three and a half million or something like that. Uh, I mean, we knew what we were getting. We were getting a cover for left midfield and left wing back as well. So yeah, five is kind of. Um, I just don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a good a, a good spend or not. To be honest, I would not say he's done anything wrong, yeah. but equally, he's not really had chance to to do very much at all apart from a couple of sort of you know, bits of kind of uh, game management, winning a free kick sort of thing and, you know, chasing people around. So, yeah, five out of ten signings so far.
1: Yeah, I've done exactly the same. I think it can be seen as quite negative, obviously, with the new signings not getting to the team. But at the same time, I think that if Ben Osborne had been in the team at this point, something had probably gone wrong with our first four midfielders. So that's not a slight on him at all. It's just that they have played so well, you know, the midfield three. And obviously, Stevens is not going to get dropped unless he's injured, so... Yeah, it's, it's going to be really difficult for him to get in. But again, obviously we're at, we're at this sort of horrible stop-start period, aren't we, with international breaks and stuff? And but I reckon when it comes to Christmas and the games come quicker, this is when you'll see the lights of Osborne and uh, Elka probably get more game time.
0: Yeah, potentially. Uh, what about Ravel Morrison?
1: I've given him a five again because I don't. Mm. I mean, I didn't see. I haven't seen him play any league minutes because I, I didn't go to the Leicester match. So I can only go on what I've seen in the League Cup game against Sunderland and don't remember him doing anything particularly bad. He just wasn't involved at all. I think we all hoped we were going to be this wild card that maybe can win us a few games, you know. Uh, and it's obviously the fact that he's not even making the bench at the moment and Leon Clark's ahead of him suggests that that's not looking too lightly at the moment. I don't know if you saw Gary Neville's quotes. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, he said, if you can get seven or eight games out of him before Christmas, you'll have done well because he constantly, consistently fades after, you know, after the Christmas period as the season progresses, which doesn't sound promising from our
0: point of view. Yeah, I mean, I'd be astonished if he plays eight times for us before Christmas, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: that's, only... yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I won't even be that surprised. I mean, I'm not going to write him off. I don't know what's going on. You, you see his Instagram posts and stuff, and they're all quite cryptic. But I wouldn't be that surprised if we see him gone in January.
0: Uh, I, th- I think I would, but um, yeah. I've not, I've not seen much from him. Uh, so I have seen him play in the league all, all, twelve minutes, and then yeah, I, you know, he did pretty yeah. well against. Um, Against Blackburn in the cup, I gather, you know, uh, created the gold in here. And I think got man of the match in that one. Um, but yeah, I've gone five as well, just because... I, I think I was hoping a bit for a bit more from him. But at the end of the day, he was a it was a free transfer. Um, I don't know as we expected him to be starting games for us very often. He, I don't think he... Had, I think he's had some fitness issues as well, hasn't he? He's had some injuries yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it's... Um, I guess it was a wild card signing that... I mean, at the time we said, "Look, there's not really anything to lose here because it's not going to cost as much. Uh, it's like a one-year contract, I think, isn't it? With a yeah. you know, option to yeah. extend if he meets certain targets." So, yeah, I, I kind of, I guess, I was kind of hoping to see more from him, particularly as like a player to come on and try and create something. Um, and we're just not. So, yeah.
1: Well, I think right after in. the initial why have we signed him, there was quite a bit, of a, a bit of hype and a bit of excitement around him because everyone watched the videos, and he's obviously an incredibly skillful footballer. And I think we all thought maybe Wilder could be the one to get it out of him, and it could still happen, obviously, but... Yeah, I think that he went from being, why have we signed him, to, wow, this guy could keep us up. To, so, I don't know, it's fluctuating sort of uh, expectations for him have not really helped him because he seems to get far more stick than the other, you know, you don't hear people talk about Ben Osborne or Mo Bessick, you know, causing trouble or whatever. And I don't know. I, I think that it's it, the name Ravel Morrison is always going to haunt him because everyone knows of the talent that he has actually got.
0: Yeah, and I guess you know, rightly or wrongly, some of his um, you know some of his less less savoury past as well. I mean, it's it's a hard one to That's it, yeah. hard one to shed, I suppose. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned Instagram and stuff. I mean, you know, we have people like poring over everything he posts looking for meaning and i mean yeah i, I follow him on instagram and i just it seems fairly innocuous to me but uh, i don't know if i'm just a bit more blasé about these things than some people are i'm not so, on instagram
1: i just I, to be honest i don't really see the post i just see someone tweet tell me you know morrison's at it again <laughs> yeah. and, and,
0: and at it again is like yeah, yeah, yeah I, it's, I, it's and just and like, like in a mcdonald's doesn't,
1: doesn't but it. it's always something like you know really cryptic like oh he said you know, I have to wash my own shorts tonight. It's <laughs> you know, like, oh, that, that means that it's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's strange how people um, how people have like jump on some of the things that uh, he posts, even though, as I say, they just seem like things that a youngish footballer might post mm-hmm. on Instagram. To be honest, but anyway, um, very quickly, Michael Verips, uh not nothing to say really in terms of uh, he hasn't played for us. He's not even been making no, the bench, think- which. I kind of wonder, well, I guess I guess maybe that says more about Simon Moore than Verrips. I think. Um, yeah, I think goalkeeper. Wilder
1: probably feels a bit more loyalty to Moore. He's obviously stuck by his mm. even though he's been second choice for almost three seasons now. Like, it, it, Jamal Blackman obviously mm. came in to replace him as well. That's true. And I think Wilder probably does feel a little bit of, you know, he's, and he's, he's an able deputy, isn't it, Simon Moore? He's, never gonna, he's probably not going to win you a game, but he's not he's unlikely he's going to make a massive rick in any game. He's just a steady eddie goalkeeper. So I think it'd be on more if he did get relegated to third choice.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so about five out of ten. I mean, he's a young goalkeeper, Uh You know, if he's any good, he could potentially be here for quite a long time. So, uh, yeah. yeah, without knowing how good he is or, you know, how he sort of features in the future plans, um, yeah, five out of ten signing. Uh, finally, Mo Besic on loan. Um I'm a bit disappointed with this in terms... And, and maybe this is a bit unfair. So let me position this. This isn't um, this isn't a slight on Bessage, Um But as you know, we have a very limited amount of players that you can loan uh, mm. in the Premier League. And so to loan someone who I don't believe has got on the pitch yet in a Premier League match... No, ...is, it's a, not. No. is a slight disappointment to me. That feels like we could have used that better, that loan slot... And maybe Bessic is going to play a bigger role uh, as the season unfolds. But yeah, pretty, am pretty disappointed that we weren't able to secure, you know, someone who's going to really challenge for the first yeah. team. I know he's on the bench every every week, but yeah. So I'm I'm a three out of ten on that signing. I, I, you know, it was like right at the end of the deadline. So maybe maybe we were like, well, we've just not been able to sign anyone, and you know, here's the kind of last cab off the rank kind of guy. Yeah, that's so. how I,
1: that's how I feel about it. To be honest, yeah.
0: Yeah, what, what rating would you give that? I'd give him five.
1: He's probably only performance, you know, against... I've only seen him once against Sunderland and I thought he was just as average as the rest of them. But mm. it's interesting that Wilder actually picked him out for praise in that game. I don't know if you heard Wilder's uh, interview after. He picked mm. out Messek as, you know, one of the only people who can hold head his up, head up high in that game. I get the feeling he's probably next in line behind Lundstrom, Norwood, Fleck and Freeman, to be honest, in that midfield. And I do think we'll see him, certainly before we'll, we see Ravel Morrison and possibly even Osborne.
0: yeah. No, I, I I think that's uh, that's probably, <clears> probably <throat> likely actually. Yeah, so maybe I'm being a bit harsh. I don't want anyone to be like, well, I can't believe you give Bessage a three out of ten. You giving <laughs> Ravel Morrison a five out of ten. You're obviously trying to get him to follow you back on Instagram. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just you know, as I said, that, that those those loans just seem even more precious in the Premier League than they were in the Championship. So yeah, I
1: do yeah. I do agree with that sort of. I won't say it's a panic buy, but I think we were at ten, fifteen players or something like that on the last day. Hmm. And obviously we had to put an extension in, didn't we, for Besic as well? So we're obviously a very last-minute deal. And I do get the feeling it was like not the only one left, as such, but you know, one of the ones that we thought, right, we're not going to get as main targets. Let's just make sure we've got enough backup. We get Besic. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and it may well be that in uh, three or four weeks that looks like a much better signing. Um, Yeah, yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all. All right, nice one. There goes all our signings of the summer, I believe. I don't think it was your number one out of the lot. Oh, the number one best signing. Yeah. Mm. Good question. Uh, <laughs> I think I would probably have to go with Musa, just on the basis that he was. It gave us something that we didn't have, and really would. I knew we would need someone that will be able to, you know, burst away and get a goal on the counter attack. That was my major concern coming into the season yeah. was our lack of pace and lack of ability to, you know take advantage of a half chance, basically, you know, from a from a long pass or something like that. So, Yeah. That feels like the best signing to me so far.
1: You? Yeah, I, I completely agree, which is weird because I'm pretty sure when we did the pre-season view thing that we were saying he was the one that we weren't sure about. So fair play to him to come back into, you know, not because obviously we we're behind everyone else in terms of the pre-season. they obviously unfit when he came or whatever. Fair play to him for making such a huge impact in the, the few games that he's had.
0: All right, let's move on then to the Demblades alternative... Uh, well, I guess it's Man of man of the Week rather than Man of the Match because we haven't had a game. So every podcast, Andrew and I will pick out one person we think deserves some special recognition. Uh, it's brought to you by the Demblades fanzine, who are the sponsor of this pod and this segment, of course, uh, which also gives special recognition to some of the best, strangest and funniest moments in United's history, all written by talented Blades fans. So, who have you got nominated for uh, for for Man of the Week or Person of the Week? I suppose I've got David McGoldrick.
1: Oh, go on. He don't play for United for two games. He don't score. He don't play for Ireland for two games, and they don't score. He's getting better every 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 week that goes on that he doesn't play. He's becoming a better and better and better player. When I was getting the view from from uh, for Stevens and Robinson for the Ireland game. The amount of people saying we need McGoldrick back, we need McGoldrick back, is exactly the same as like looking on our forum last week against Watford. So, yeah, McGoldrick, come back. Or, oh, if you want to, in fact, if you want to keep your reputation, stay off because you're getting better every time you don't play.
0: So Yeah, he could just retire now and you know, by, <laughs> yeah. by the end of uh, next year, he'll be a Ballon d'Or winner.
1: Yeah, yeah, he a statue outside and everything, <laughs> won't
0: no, I hope he? No, uh, I hope he's back on Monday. Um, I do, yeah, I really do. Uh, someone else that had a good week uh also didn't play but had a good week dean henderson into mm. the england squad for the first and almost certainly not the last time so i had to i had to nominate him um last united player to make an england squad was i believe brian dean in yeah. the early 90s either 92 or 93 i think so i mean it's been a while i mean i only started watching united in 95 i think 94 95 mm. Um so this is the first uh and all right, he's not technically our player, but come on. It kind of it kind of is at this point, you know. He's, he's, he's not getting to... for his manual performances, has I <laughs> so quite. Um so yeah, this is the first person in my United supporting lifetime to make an England team. So yeah, it's uh or an England squad I should say. That was uh it was a nice moment, nice to see and uh it's deserved it and it's it's nice coming on the back of the uh, the dinosaur management comments after the Liverpool yeah. game as well. So yeah, good job, Dino. Um, Going on
1: a tangent with that, I actually watched Brian Dean's last England performance where we, I think they beat Spain 4-2, or it's on YouTube. Some of the players, that, were like Andy Sinton and Andy Gray, the Palace midfield, were an awful side. So, yeah, no, no offence to Brian Dean or anything, but it seemed like I could have got a call up back then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andy Sinton, that's a, a Panini sticker album. Yeah. honestly, that
1: one. They always had Jeff Thomas in midfield. You know, everyone just, every, every sort of, like you say, sticker book person, you can think of. Oh, I well, didn't you know he got an England cap. It's amazing that Steve Bruce didn't actually. When you see some of the players in there, but anyway, that's just by the bye Did Steve Bruce not play for England?
0: Never that, played.
1: Never it, got a cap it, for England. No. Wow,
0: I and didn't I know have, that. That's a uh, trivia question. Actually, is that right? <laughs> <clears throat> never got. <laughs> Palace have got one. Palace have got a few actually, but. Oh uh, yeah, he played for England B, but never made it into the uh, into the first team. Even with. Um, even With his successful stint as player manager at Sheffield United in 1998, yeah, he should have got in there and definitely with some was great it?
1: performances.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, it was awful. Um, but my, I think my real nomination this week, uh, and it's it's actually woman of the week, it is Carla Ward, who is the manager of Sheffield United Women, who are second in the women's championship following um back to back games where they've scored five goals, they've, they've won five games in a row. The top scorers in the whole division they're averaging over 4 goals per game. And yeah, they're going places. So that's a phenomenal shout. That I'd, I'd never mm. even, you know,
1: I didn't even think of that. But yeah, I've obviously been keeping up. i have not seen any of the goals or anything, but just keeping up from the tweets and things like that. And mm. yeah, they're doing incredible, aren't they?
0: They really are. Yeah. So this is in this is in the second division of uh, of women's football, the women's championship. But I mean, the end. I think they ended last season with like six consecutive wins or something like that. So they've only uh, yeah they, they lost one game, which is to the current league leaders, Aston Villa, but. Yeah, they're they're going uh, going great guns. So I, I think um, yeah, in this in this international weekend, that's the the one bit of football that's, that's kind of carried on. I suppose I think I'm going to have to give it to uh, to Carla Ward this yep, week. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, alternative person of the week. So yeah, congrats. I actually
1: saw some comments on uh, when obviously it's people posting the score, and someone said. Tell him to uh, get McBurn and show him how to shoot, you
0: know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> For goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> um so that was the uh the Demblades alternative uh well, person of the week award, I suppose. Um don't forget you pick up your copy of the Demblades fanzine from Demblades.co.uk. Uh issue three of the quarterly is now on sale. Uh there are not many copies left though. I think there's only no, I can't remember. I thought uh, I thought I saw Sam tweet that there was only like a hundred copies left or something the other day. Well, mine's
1: arrived after last week. I uh, you know sort of under the under the table threat. So mine actually. <laughs> yeah, it's looking brilliant as always. So
0: that was very subtle. Um, <laughs> just on that, actually, uh, they I do know that they are on the lookout for illustrators of all talents and ages for um, an exciting project in issue four. Uh, he did actually say that in some instances, the less talented, the better. Um, <laughs> I'm out of the garden, I am have <laughs> a go then.
1: Actually, sounds right up my
0: street. <laughs> they are looking. So this is for the next issue. So if you if you fancy yourself as a uh, an artist of of any ilk, I suppose they're looking for player portraits, whether they're hand drawn, biro sketched on your lunch break, or even done in Microsoft Paint. Um, so get in touch or send them over to hello at demblades dot uk if you fancy having a pop of that might have to have a go at that as well actually it sounds quite fun yeah so um yeah cool all right moving on then uh let us discuss or give out i should say quarter season awards um so yeah we'll we'll see how this goes we have we have some evidence of, of you know to to back these up i suppose <laughs> but uh yeah i imagine some of these will be quite different at the end of the season but let yeah it'd be interesting
1: with... to look back actually
0: uh, yeah i agree um let's start with uh Player of the quarter season, who would you give this
1: to? I've won for Ender Um yeah. I just think if you nutmeg someone every game in the Premier League, you deserve, <laughs> you deserve some sort of award. So Now, I think all the stats show that he's up there with the best wing-backs or best left-sided players in the in- entire league. I think all the stats are showing that he's our more, most effective player as well in everything that he does. And it's just incredible watching him play when, two years ago, I, I wanted Laffer- Lafferty in, instead of him. So, Ooh. yeah, I'm going to go Ender Stevens. I think he's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's a good shout. That was uh, one of two names I wrote down. Um, John Lundstrom was the other one. Jl Seven. Jl Seven, who's been very consistent, um, and yeah, surprisingly so. I suppose he's you know he's, he's got a goal uh, which not many of our players have. I suppose he could have had a couple more, you know, but with those sort of bursts into the box, um, he's been pretty creative. You know, he's carved out some good chances and. I just think is um, yeah, it's it's going to be a hard one to shift out of the team now, just on mm-hmm. how he's played. You know, in all in all aspects of the game, getting forward, uh, breaking things up, uh, switching play. I think he's done really, really well. But yeah, it's, I think I could probably split that between the two of them to be honest. Because Ender Stevens was the other one I'd written down as well. And yeah, yeah he's he's. I think Stevens has probably he might have reached a, a higher plateau, if you like, with some of his individual performances, but. Yeah, on the on the basis of those eight games, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what I've seen from from Lunny. It's been a well, good effort. I think effort.
1: He's, he's on his way to becoming our most uh, recognised player. Simply, I mean, I don't play fantasy football, <laughs> but apparently he's listed as a defender. And all I see where every time, like a I've gone like other teams forwards and stuff, is John Lundstrom got me loads of points last week in fantasy. <laughs> league. So.
0: No, he is he is listed as a defender, so you can double him up with uh, with Stevens, who doesn't really play as a defender either. Yeah. Uh, I have him, Henderson, and Stevens, which is why I'm I'm climbing up the Blades plot. That's league. very good, that because I imagine they didn't cost much, and obviously we've got best defensive record in the league, so they, they are super cheap. Um, I had a shocker to start the season. This is boring. I won't talk about this too much, but I had a, <laughs> a shocker to start the season in FPL, and I had to play my wild card, which basically gives you unlimited free transfers for that week. Really <laughs> but yeah, so usually you save that for like the end of the season or something. Yeah. But I was like, no, I can't let this carry on. And uh, I have to say, it was a tactical masterstroke by me. I'm now in, like, the top 70, I think. So,
1: coming. Wilder leaves. We've got us man, haven't we, now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, just give me a few more hours playing football manager. and uh, I'm ready to roll. All right. uh, Next award. Best individual performance in a one-off game. Who would you have here?
1: I've gone John Egan against Everton.
0: I have as Uh, well. Um, Yeah, I thought you might have. (laughs) Yeah. Go on. Do you want to just uh, expand on that a little
1: yeah, I don't think we were quite Jack O'Connell against Brentford, but I don't think we were too far off. I actually mm. thought he'd had an OK start to the season, but not a great start. I thought he'd made a few minor errors here and there, and you did wonder, you know, how was he going to step up? But from Everton onwards, his levels have just improved Im- immeasurably. And obviously, he's looking really good for Ireland as well in the last two games that I've seen. So, I think that it all stemmed from that. I think he got a lot of confidence from that Everton game, where he just looked at... at the complete Premier League defender against a fast attack. All right, they didn't play to the strengths and they were booting the ball in the box and his meat and drink for a defender, especially Egan's quality. But I don't think he put a foot wrong all match.
0: No, it was uh, it was magnificent. And yeah, was he man of the match for Ireland in the uh, the first of the two games this
1: week? Yeah, it were one of the worst games I've ever seen. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he was. And I thought he played well yesterday. I mean, I got the view from him and a few people were saying... Or he knocked it too long and stuff. But I think that was mainly to do with the lack of outlet that Ireland had rather than. I don't think he wanted to do that. But mm. obviously, at times, we've seen it with Sheffield United when when you're under the cosh, especially against Everton, funnily enough, is we, we were knocking it long just because there's no outboard because no one's holding it up. And I think that's what was happening with Ireland yesterday. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, I I would also go for Egan at Everton. A couple of honourable mentions. uh, Robinson for his second half at Chelsea, um, which, you know, you just didn't see that coming at half time at all. That that game felt like it was cruising to a, you know, three or four nil loss. And then, yeah, he he had a very um, decisive intervention to get us back in the game. Uh, And then McBurney against Liverpool. I don't know if I've I've overrated that a little bit, um, but I I do think he was really, really good in that game against, you know, the the best defence in the league and the best player in the world that isn't Messi to be honest oh my god um, <laughs> indeed but yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think uh, if anyone if anyone doesn't agree with us on on John Egan at Everton then I'd love to hear it because I reckon I'll have forgotten I, thought,
1: I think the other one that I was thinking was we were never really close but Fleck against Liverpool I thought played really well but obviously missed that chance where he should have done better but uh, yeah I don't think I think I don't think he did anything wrong in that game Egan
0: yeah, that was a good shout, actually, Fleck. That was definitely a worthy of an honourable mention. Um, what has been your best moment of the quarter season?
1: I'll be surprised if you've not got the same here, and it's uh, Billy against Bournemouth.
0: Ooh. Oh, have you not? Do you know? it didn't d- oh, I feel bad now. I'm gonna have to hand in my uh, hand in my Blades badge. I think I don't even have that in my top three. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly because I forgot it. It was ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> but go on, talk to me. I just think it's one of those things that. No
1: matter what happens this season, even if we go down or don't win again, he, he personally will always have that moment, you know, that no one ever... He, he never thought he we was going to get another chance at the Premier League. Certainly not when he obviously joined us in League One. He thought, maybe take us back into the Championship and that were it. So for him to get his first Premier League goal, at, is he 33, 34 or something oh, like that? Yeah. I just think if we stay up as well, it's one of those that you can see going down in Blade's history. One that, that image of him running to the fans and yeah, I think I can imagine T-shirts with that on it in, in years to come.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, a pull at myself uh, <laughs> that. You're right. There was a fairy tale moment, and my my other nominations look ridiculous now. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, didn't point of research into this, um, yeah, my my personal one, I guess uh, probably this made it because I was there um, and I wasn't at Bournemouth. Uh, Moose making it two 0 at Everton. You know, a mm. game that we have just been completely battered in. It's his first um, his first goal for us. Uh, the the view that we had at Goodison meant that, like, the the far left-hand side of the pitch was basically obscured. So, you know, it's suddenly like, oh, we're in possession. And then five seconds later, oh, Moussa is running onto a through ball. How has he got that? Yeah. And he slips it through his legs and in. And, yeah, we're just, you know, we're properly under the cosh all game. So it was a, a, a brilliant moment in a great away day. Um, a couple of others these these really pale in comparison with uh, with Sharp's equalizer but full time against Palace I thought you know mm. just getting that first Premier League win the you know just to get that out of the way is is just incredibly important I think so that was you know that and it was a good resilient sort of end to that game as well you know you Basham kind of swooping in to make that challenge and just yeah, defending really Yeah that was a River. great moment that actually yeah, yeah. um and then the one was uh the crowd reaction after Henderson's error against Liverpool, mm. um, you know, I think we could all have uh, just, just sort of chucked it in at that point, just been like, oh, you know, just consigned to just an annoying defeat. But everyone was quite, you know, supportive of him in recognition yeah. of uh, what he's done throughout his blaze career. But no, you're right. I can't, I can't not be that sharp moment. So yeah, he made a good case there. Well done. <laughs> um, what's your, what's your worst moment?
1: Well, bit of a segue. I know people yeah. like segues. Is uh, Henderson actually threw the legs uh, against Liverpool? Yeah. Just a horrible, horrible moment. I just, mm. I can still see it. You know, yeah,
0: you, you it were in
1: just, the upper tier, weren't you? I were in the upper tier, and it, I can still see it going so slowly through his legs. It, I don't know if it, if you could see it from the copper or anything, but it, it was just how slow it went in. You were thinking, this can't. Is this happening? You had you had enough time to process. Exactly like what were going to happen, but you were still in disbelief. It was it was just a horrible moment, and it ended what could have been a, a really really famous day. I think for United, I think if we'd have held out for another ten minutes or something, I think we'd have probably, I mean, a draw would have been good. But we even created some chances even towards the end. Who knows what would have happened? You know? Yeah, I'd, I feel I'd like just,
0: we were sorry, go
1: on Yeah, no, nah, I just think it was just that that one horrible moment, and I'm not having a go at end this and it happens, but. That such a sort of a freak moment, if you like, to ruin what were a great could have been a great day.
0: Yeah, indeed. It's uh, I don't think you can top that, to be honest. The only other one I lobbed in there was uh, the McBurney VAR goal uh, against Southampton. Yeah, that was. Uh, well, I guess it was just the first experience of that happening, and as I say, I was on the cop, so I didn't really have a sense that it was going to be disallowed. Um, mm. And it's pretty obvious in in retrospect. But yeah. Was not not enjoyable. Didn't enjoy that. So um,
1: yeah, yeah. Didn't, I mean, I was on the upper tier for that as well. And my mate straight away turned around and said he's offside, and that, mm. he just put that benefit of doubt in my head at the time. And I think I didn't go quite as mad as a few other people did. But
0: yeah, maybe uh, maybe Goldrick Goldrick missing the one on one against um, yeah. Southampton as well. Yeah, so, a bit bit annoying. Um, all right, best opposition player, and we're going to do a. We're going to the top three, as I imagine number one will be be, be pretty clear so far. Um, do you want to go in reverse order? Give me your your three.
1: I've gone Romeo at Southampton. Hmm. Uh, I thought second half after their goal, he controlled everything. And I thought he was the sort of... I remember saying at the time that that's the sort of Premier League class, that Southampton weren't the best side. I think we could have beat him on another day. But once he got that goal, I thought he just dictated everything. Hmm.
0: You've gone exactly. in third place yourself. Uh, Tammy Abraham. Uh, you were fourth. <laughs> right. Obviously scored two goals, uh, but for a Henderson, a brilliant Henderson save, uh, it would have been three. Um, but, I mean, as we kind of said last time, we've we've done quite well in limiting really good players against us. So he's one of the few that we gifted a few chances to, if you like. So I've, I've got him sneaking in at third. Uh, what about number two for you? I've gone... I, I can't
1: pronounce this properly, I don't think, but Cabalse, is it, at Watford? Uh, Cabaselli I believe Cabaselli I mean we weren't great going forward last week or anything like that but I don't if we're going to praise Egan against Everton I think we've got to praise him for that for that, for that performance as well because I think he just snuffed out anything I don't think he lost a header don't think he lost a tackle and yeah I mean he's not obviously him and Romero are not the sort of players you think wow Premier League or anything like that mm-hmm. but I thought thought they were both really good
0: yeah no I th- I can't remember if it's or another player who was like, when I was watching the game, I was like, God, oh, this guy is great as long as he doesn't have the ball. Because <laughs> I don't know if it was him or maybe it was his uh, centre-back partner. Or well, I think
1: I think guy. as a whole, like, they're not the best at playing the ball at Watford like as a, as a defensive unit. But I just thought we weren't good at like I said, but you've got to give credit to the opposition. If we're going to give credit to Egan, I think we've got to give credit to uh, the guy at Watford who I can't pronounce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, someone else with a, a a name that poses some pronunciation or spelling difficulties uh, is in in a number two for me. and That's Hamza Chowdhury of Leicester, uh, the man with the very large hair. Who, yeah, I thought I thought he did a fantastic job against us. Obviously, uh, probably going to be in the England squad before too long. He's you know he's really impressed with the under twenty ones. Um, yeah, I thought he was just a masterful defensive midfield performance. I mean, you know, you picked Romeo out um, for Southampton, and I, I think he did. Exactly the same job for um, for Leicester in that game. You obviously missed that game, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I didn't see that one. Obviously, yeah, so. he was uh, he was brilliant, um, and yeah, not not too much more to add. He just uh, he just seemed to win every. You know, it was like um, the ball just seemed to be magnetised to him in terms of it just picked up every loose ball and just did yeah. a great job of breaking up play for them. Uh, <laughs> is it worth asking who your number one is? It, it's Mo Salah, nice, nice. It's, uh, <laughs> it's um, Van Dijk, obviously. VVD, yeah. yeah. Not, not too much to add because we talked to at some length um, about him on the after the Liverpool episode. But it was absolutely immense, and yeah, we it, it led us to discuss whether it was the best centre half performance we'd seen by an opposition player, which I, I think says it all to be honest. So yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's like a very...
1: gadget; he's just his legs just appear from nowhere. Do you know what I mean? You think, well, I've got power. where did that come from?
0: <laughs> yeah. Bugger, and we still almost, uh, almost got a draw or going to go past him. All right, I'll give you the floor for this one. Uh, give me your the, the didn't age well award for the worst pre-match view from. What have you got?
1: Well, the top three. I've gone for a Chelsea fan. Number three is a Chelsea fan who said these are poor opposition, no doubt. Uh, they'll provide a different challenge as they will likely employ a very low block, so there'll not be any space to run behind. Definitely a confidence builder and a game for the younger, uh, younger players to start. And I, what I like about that one is that they had so much space to run behind because we defended so badly. <laughs> so even, <laughs> you know, even though he's, he's sort of praising us, in a way, for having a low block, we were even wrong about that. So I like Yeah, that.
0: even the sensible bit turned out to be wrong.
1: Yeah, it turned out to be wrong. Uh, the second is a Palace fan who said, overlapping centre-backs have a word. This lot are <laughs> going to get murdered in this league. Our counter-attack style will destroy him. 8-2, Zahara hat trick <laughs> So <laughs> I think that. that speaks for itself. And number one, unfortunately, is Palace again. And it's... Uh, Roy will, put, Roy, Hotton, not me. Uh, Roy will put a stop to this nonsense right away. Him and Ray are probably laughing watching Sheffield United highlights as we speak. So really sweet when we beat him because obviously the goal came as well from... O- Although it wasn't O'Connell's assist, he was obviously was making move, his face down yeah. the
0: left. So, yeah, really good. We need a T-shirt with overlapping centre-backs I have a word on it, I think. That's <laughs> too good. Yeah. Nice one. All right, uh, next one. Uh, biggest plot twist. So the thing you never saw coming this season. JL seven,
1: it has to be, doesn't it? It's got to J- be. I think. John Lundstrom being good—that's what I've got written down. Yeah, I, I saw a vlog last night. I think it was uh Thorbden, you know, the Bolton kid. Oh yeah. He and his dad—they were going through the best player from each uh, Premiership team, and the dad actually went for John Lundstrom for us. But it just shows the turnaround, yeah. obviously, of his sort of career at Sheffield United. I don't think any of us would have been shocked if it had been on the transfer list or had gone on loan somewhere, and here he is starting first game. team and no one's even complaining anymore
0: <laughs> no I mean I didn't expect uh, we, we sort of went backwards and forwards in pre-season didn't we of like it's not going to start the first game there's no way Lundstrom is starting in yeah. the Premier League for Sheffield United unless loads of people get injured or suspended and then he's in that first team sheet and we were I, well certainly I remember messaging you be like oh I don't believe it Like, I not, think everyone not,
1: was the same everyone I spoke to yeah. said what what's going on here Lund- Lundstrom in the Premiership
0: <laughs> yeah but he's, he's as I said earlier, he's done extremely well, and I, I can and just did about twenty minutes ago make the case that he's been our most consistent and best player. So, yeah, that is a huge, huge plot twist. Did not see that coming. Well, at all. the it-
1: thing that you say, it's not just that he's come in and done better than expected. He's actually probably been. I think Flex probably been his best midfielder. But obviously, missed a few games as well. I don't think Flex had a poor game uh, this season. But Lundstrom is not just doing. all. he's better than I thought. He's actually wow. He's you know he's definitely the. One of the first names on the sheet at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been impressive. Um, just to bring the mood down a little bit, one of the plot twists that doesn't compete with this, but uh, did not see coming, and that is the demise of Mark Duffy getting shipped out. Yeah. Yeah, it's still all raw. It's still raw, so we don't need to talk about that one anymore. <laughs> um, all right, another award. Um, so two left. Yeah, this one, uh, thing you'd most like to change about the Premier League? What do you reckon? This
1: is obviously not gonna happen and it shouldn't really, but I just want more games. I'm mm. really missing that extra eight games that we had in the championship. I did say it in the first pod that we did that I think that'd be one of the things we've missed, but it's even it's hit me far harder than I thought it would. It's yeah, I just think that I mean these international breaks are just seem to be getting longer and longer and longer and longer. And it's, we've played obviously a quarter of the season. You look at I was obviously about a few friends who are Wednesday fans and they're like into their like what, thirteenth, fourteenth game or whatever. Yeah, and we've we're doing these quarter of season awards, and you, you you're picking up from such a meagre amount of games. Whereas this time last season, I think I think we were just due to play derby this time last season, which that's you know a lot had gone before that. We still, to me, seem like in the first four or five games, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: no, you're right, and I think it also um, what? Well, how can I put this? I think the the bigger gaps mean that we sort of um, like uh, exacerbate certain yeah. performances a little bit as well so I mean you know I mentioned right at the top Robinson you know he had a great great game against Chelsea in the second half and then as you say I think he was injured winning for the Southampton game so that that was only like five games ago something yeah. like that and and it feels like I mean you know it's kind of autumn now but that feels like the height of summer when we played that game it feels like absolutely ages ago yeah
1: and it's like what we're saying with McBurney. He started three games, I think, and people are writing him off. And I understand it. It's a lot of money and stuff. If that were three games, that's a champion. That's a week in the championship. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, you're he's, right, yeah. he's still saying why well, settling in? I think because he's such a gap, it feels like he's played longer than or played more games than he actually has.
0: Yeah, agree. Um, one thing I would like to change is three thousand away tickets. Oh, yeah. give us more away tickets you cowards yeah. <laughs> I know it's uh, just not I mean, going to happen but. I
1: did the Den Blade survey thing um, about uh, obviously yeah, I don't know if you did it yourself I did yeah Yeah, and, and it's difficult it really is I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer whichever way you look at it It's but because obviously there's such a meagre amount I mean Watford didn't even give us 3,000 mm. so and Bournemouth didn't obviously as well just due to the way and it's you're getting I don't know I'd, I'd, I can't see me getting to an away game this season and really saddens me
0: (laughs) yeah well you know to be be blunt somebody's gonna have to do me a favor if i'm gonna get to another away game um yeah or i'm just gonna have to get extremely lucky i mean you know i sort of look at I was looking at Spurs, that's the one I really want to get to. I think they are still on sale, but I've, I've got no chance of getting one. I just won't get near them before they sell well, it's out.
1: Well, last season, when the away tickets were on sale, I were, like texting a couple of mates and, right, these are on sale, blah, blah, blah. Now I don't even bother. I see it. West Ham's yeah. on sale.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. Spurs, Spurs and West Ham are the two I wanted to go to. Most, I think, because yeah. I, I like a London away. Um, massive stadiums. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, maybe there's a slight chance they'll give us, like, Four thousand, four and a half thousand, something like. That. Nah, forget it. I no. Spurs, I get. All right, Spurs have a massive waiting list for season tickets and stuff. Yeah. like that, But I'm sure West Ham don't sell out every old game. I know they still get fifty odd thousand. But well, anyways, even Man so- United
1: against Liverpool have not sold out this weekend. No, really. So, and we're going to get three. I mean, if they're not selling out against Liverpool at home when the season continues like as it has, you can't seem selling out against us at all. When, uh, you, you know, uh, so. But this, yeah. this can only still give us three thousand. It's I and mean, we've got how many do we take in the court? We're at seven and a half.
0: That, yeah. Yeah. So, I, so, yeah. so I, I'd like, I'd like uh, more away tickets, basically, because, uh, yeah, not, not to get into this debate about loyalty points and stuff, because, you know, I think if you've earned those loyalty points, then you've earned the right to buy the tickets. I'm not disputing yeah. that. Yeah, I wish, I wish yeah. there were more tickets to go around. Is what I'm saying. Um, and my other thing that I'd like to change is the uh, clickbait stupidity, blowing tiny things out of proportion which we've talked about uh, yeah. at length Tracking. on this pod. So frustrating. Which you, we didn't have to deal with in the Championship, but now we're in the, the big league. Um, we do. And, yeah, every every idiot wants to spout something ridiculous. So, yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's all right having opinions. I've said this before. Everyone's all right. But you, you know why people are doing it now. It, it's so transparent <laughs> that... True. The, Adrian Durham doesn't actually think Dean is going to suffer from mental issues because of what Chris Wilder said. But he said it because he knows he's going to get a reaction. So.
0: Indeed. All right, final, uh, well maybe this isn't really an award but it's something we're discussing as a category like that. Pre-season prediction you'd most like to change, what have you got?
1: Dean Smith to be sacked because if I'd have known I'd have took a loan out and put it all on Xavi Garcia. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's the one. But realistically, this is bad, but probably Robinson to be our player of the season, which I think I predicted at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I did as well. That's that's the one that, yeah, you know, when I look through those predictions, I actually feel most of them are kind of, like, okay I think, you know, I'd City to win the league, which, you know, looks looks mm-hmm. more of a long shot now, but they've still been possibly the best team in terms of actual performances, you know, Liverpool are slightly fortunate to have a 100% record as you, They've as just you been get- sloppy, I
1: think, City in certain yeah. games, and obviously, like, slip
0: Indeed. Uh, I had Palace or and Burnley as teams in trouble, so not teams that I thought were going to go down but I thought they'd be much further down the league uh, and admittedly after we played Palace that one that one looked much better um, mm. but yeah I guess Robinson yeah I thought you know he, he could be a guy that could get us like a combined 15 goals and assists that kind of thing Yeah. Um, and there's a long way to go uh, and you know maybe he'll he'll improve and just have a bigger impact through the season but yeah, I, who would you? I guess if you're picking your player of the year now, yeah, it's going to be uh, Lundstrom or Stevens, isn't it? And I Stevens, Robinson, Lundstrom, possibly
1: Egan if yeah. he carries on. I think last two or three games, even Flag. I think they're the, the top four at the moment for me. Hmm. Another thing as well is that um, I predicted obviously Brighton to go down, and I think they're probably better than I've given credit for. To be honest, so they've certainly adapted a lot better than I thought they would to Potter's system. Yeah,
0: now they have been doing pretty well, we're just not. Quite getting the results, have they? They won. Um, they won their last game, didn't they? Against obviously, I'm uh, the top. Uh, them, and I saw
1: them completely outplay Newcastle, and I thought, oh, I might have
0: hmm. been a bit
1: harsh on these, to be fair, but still below us. Yep, yeah, correct. Good old same same, 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 I saw last week, a couple to the Villa draw. Uh, sorry, the Watford draw, and then people were saying we need to take a leaf out of Villa's book. I'm like, we're above Villa in League. Have <laughs> <laughs> one amazing result. That's it.
0: Yeah, indeed. All right, so that's our uh, quarter season awards. Let's move on to actual football, which returns on Monday, not Saturday or Sunday, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we're playing. Uh, we're playing the Arsenal um, first meeting for hmm, I guess like seven or eight years, something like that, maybe longer. League Cup, I think was the last one. Oh yeah, the um, last two. Uh,
1: Robson as manager. I think it was Blackwell, maybe. Oh, oh, Blackwell! Of course, it was six 0 Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Um, yeah, you know, got well, a... I just
0: wanted to—I uh, just wanted to quickly run through some because even get yeah, them a lot in cup. Don't we thinking about it? <laughs> we, we do. There was definitely a run where we played them in the League Cup quite a lot, and the FA Cup, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, just just thinking back on some of those fixtures. I mean, the 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 one that always jumps out is the um, the Overmars Carnu uh, mm. FA Cup game that ended up being replayed. I was actually but, at that game. We really? We were yeah. well, the, the original one where it happened.
1: We didn't really know. I was still at school at the time, and we didn't really know what was going on, really. And everyone were. We were really like proper, like right behind the goal. And everyone mm-hmm. were having a go at Seaman. And he was turning around, sh- shrugging his shoulders as if to say, What do you want me to do? You know. Mm-hmm. And everyone's was like, Seaman, you cheat. Like, He's not done anything wrong. <laughs> well, they were. But, yeah, um, Go ahead, sorry. So, sorry, yeah. And then we. What about me actually, I remember at the time is the. We obviously paid, well, I don't know, twenty pound or whatever it was at the time to, to, and then you had to pay again to go to the replay, even though the first game actually didn't really stand. So anyway, for that, still mad about that. <laughs> yeah,
0: they, they should have let. In hindsight, they should have let us score straight from kickoff, shouldn't they? I thought the the word was that that was what Seaman was kind of trying to get people to do. Yeah, but, um, I don't know if yeah, obviously, obviously didn't happen. And we you were getting a
1: lot of sticks, even. And in, and in fairness to you, you, were turning around and like basically saying, "I agree, I agree with you, I agree with you." Yeah. What are you doing, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um yeah, I wasn't at that one, but I did go to the uh, the, the replay in Inverted Commas, um yeah. where we lost by more, more fair means I suppose.
1: Same score, weren't it, after all that as well.
0: Yeah, Lee Morris, who was my, my favourite player at the time for yeah. some reason. I think I just really wanted him to do well.
1: I think he um, was really good. He obviously got an injury once he'd gone to Derby and he, he never really quite come back from it.
0: I thought he was—I uh, thought he was the next Michael Owen, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, young, fast striker breaking into the first team, scoring goals. But yeah. Um, the other one, uh, and it's hard to believe. This is um, how many years ago now? Oh my brain's suddenly gone? Is this, this is twelve it's years Nade. ago, isn't it? The Nardi Jagielka yeah. game, yeah. So Christian Nade, uh destroying Colo Torre, and then Mad Jens coming racing off his line, and he just slips it past him into the goal. A great, a great night out, One of the better, yeah. uh, the better memories from that Premier League game. Just after Christmas, I think. Was it? Uh, I think it was the. It was about the thirtieth of December because I know we played Middlesbrough away on New Year's Day, um, and it was just before that, I think, because we. Yeah, that's back, right. Did we, yeah, did we talk? We might have talked about this already. Yeah, I we think, put the but... reserve team out, didn't we? Really? Yes, that's right. Why on earth were we were talking about that? I've,
1: no idea. Probably Nard. He, he, he crops
0: up quite a lot, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> it does. he can't get enough of Nardé And um, yeah, and then the other one is getting spanked in the League Cup six nil. Well,
1: I remember um, when I we drew one one was... away from home in the FA Cup when Andy Gray got a last minute pen. Mm-hmm. Can you remember that one at all? Yeah, I do. Danny yeah. had a goal disallowed for absolutely nothing.
0: Is it for hand? Oh, no, the penalty was given for handball. Yeah, that's
1: then. right. Danny Cullope just scored a normal, perfectly good goal and they disallowed it. No one knows why they've got. Then I remember the replay, it went to penalties. And I know what
0: you're
2: going to say. I'm pretty
1: sure Panic <laughs> Kenny were interested. could only dive one way. He <laughs> was, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was it. five free runs.
0: Yeah, they knew it as well. They went the same way, I think, with every single penalty, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and he didn't save any of them. Yeah, that was what was that nil nil, I think. Nil nil. Uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was... I remember. I remember Harley had a really. Well, I don't know if it was a good chance, but he went close with a header. Late yeah, I think on, Tom in missed an not... open net in like
1: five seconds as well.
0: Oh, did he? Yeah, I can't remember. Another uh, just... one. I don't know
1: if it before you started going, but there were, uh, Carl Veer uh, scores. Yeah, uh, was... Howard Kendall, one of his first games. Mm, I didn't actually just, go to that match. I remember listening to it on radio. Um, same,
0: yeah. Yeah, I just, and, uh, just getting into football.
1: Yeah, and um, that was obviously a pretty famous one as well. You can still you can get that match actually on YouTube as well if you type it in.
0: So. Yeah, although <laughs> this is sorry, this is getting proper esoteric here, but. Um, it, it misses out all the build-up to Viet's goal. Have you seen this? They're yeah, just like, it shows himself. Just like, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's been absolutely. a you know, really entertaining game here at Bromaline so far. Viet scores! Yeah. <laughs> like, where's, where's everything else? you got just cut to the goal. So there's, like, it shows lots...
1: you, like chances that go going miles wide, doesn't it? Like, from build-ups and things. I sort of remember hazy memories of that one.
0: Yeah. But yeah, we've had some... Some pretty eventful games against Arsenal, considering we don't play them very often at all. I mean, all right, we made you know we play them in the cup a fair bit, but I mean, I haven't even mentioned the FA Cup semi-final in 2003 oh, of course, and yeah, yeah. you know Gra- Graham Paul uh, with the with the NFL-style block on Michael Tom that yeah. leads to uh, leads to them scoring. So yeah, there's been some very eventful games. The great Arsenal. save of
1: all time, as well. Oh,
0: yeah, I still, I still can't watch it. it. <laughs> Um, and let's hope, yeah, let's hope Monday is a, is another eventful one. I mean, Arsenal, so they've started the season strangely, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, they that's what
1: I've wrote down myself there as the start of the season. I've just put weird.
0: <laughs> they are one point behind Man City, which is pretty bizarre. I would not have... Uh, I mean, after that game with Watford where they blew a two-goal lead and mm. basically we're looking to get away with anything... I wouldn't have thought they'd be one point off second, to be honest. I mean, they've won four of their eight games. They've only lost one. Um, but yeah, they, they concede quite a lot. They concede the third most shots per game uh, in the whole league beyond just Norwich and Villa. They've conceded 11 goals in their eight games as well. Um, they do create a lot. They have the, yeah. the six best XG, but they also have the six worst XG against, if you like. So they're you know, giving up the six highest amount of chances or the six total quality chances, if you like. Um, well, I thought yeah. last
1: week that when they played Bournemouth, I thought if there's one game to have a bet on for both teams to score, it'd be that one. I was absolutely amazed they kept a clean sheet. But then I look back mm. at the highlights, and Bournemouth had four or five proper chances that they really should have taken.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, this this one. Well, this might be another one. I know we haven't scored many goals, but this is probably a uh, both teams to score kind of game. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think every Arsenal awesome this... game actually probably <laughs> score. Very yeah. true. Um, how do you feel about this one? Uh, from a, a you know prospects of getting something,
1: it's one of those games at the beginning of the season. I thought out of all the top teams, that's the one I fancy is against.
2: Hmm. That
1: doesn't necessarily to mean that I think it's going to be easy. I think getting a point, would be, I'd be fine with a point. I think that getting a win would still be a massive achievement. They've got some amazing players. Let's not you know Abameyang's one of the best strikers in the league. I think Lacazette's back isn't he as well yeah, uh, I think for he's the game Monday. Working. It's going to be really difficult to keep them out, but <clears throat> they've shown time and time again for about fifteen years that they can be got at if you if you play in a certain way and cause you know put them under a certain amount of pressure. So I think I don't think it's a foregone co- conclusion that we're going to lose. I don't think we should be going in there expecting to win, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if we do.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 quite optimistic that we can get something because. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a really good atmosphere because it's a, uh, you know, a night game, eight o'clock kickoff. Brammer First Lane. One as
1: well, for a while, night game. I think Brentford will last night game.
0: Yeah, in the league, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah we're not counting Sunderland in the that, league cup. Uh, we, Cup's uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that'll be, you know, that'll help the atmosphere. I think people will generally be up for it anyway, as a, you know, as a, a big team coming to Bramall Lane, if you like. Um, I think we'll get plenty of chances or at least plenty of shots because that's what Arsenal have done yeah. all season. So I think that'll help the atmosphere as well and you know, give us this kind of belief uh, in the crowd, I suppose, in the stands that we can get something out of it. Well,
1: I've been getting some views, obviously, from the Arsenal forum. One of them says, hard to predict how they'll set up because although we're a much better team, um, they, if we if they give us all the possession, we are not comfortable trying to control games in that manner. Where we are there for the taking in every single away game this year. And another one said, uh, they were surprisingly good against Liverpool. They pressed really well. I don't expect an easy game, especially with the way we play. Sort of game we'll definitely not get anything from.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I hope we can play. That's that's pretty much music to my ears, I suppose. But I hope we can play as we did in that Liverpool game where, yeah, we're defensively solid, but we, we kind of spring quite quickly as well. I mean, yeah, Yang is he's just a ridiculously good striker. You know, he's a proper... And I feel he really, him and Lacazette, but certainly, certainly him last season, he really carried Arsenal at times. You know, yeah. there, there were games that they did, they should not have won at all. And then he just pops up with a just a goal out of nothing, really. So, yeah, I hope we can, you know, restrict him to not very much at all. And, yeah, I, I reckon we'll, we'll pose plenty of threats, I suppose. I mean, the defence, particularly in the centre, is not great if, uh, if Louise is playing, you know, he's, he's, He's sort of an OK player, but also has a massive rick in him as well. Um, I mean, they're, yeah. th-
1: they're all really excited before the season about the front front three of Lacazette, uh, Aubameyang and uh, Pele. <laughs> uh, and they're all like, I don't think he's been fantastic, has he, Pele, since he's, since he's come in? Lacazette is obviously a really good striker, but he's not at the level of Aubameyang. But I think what they really struggle with is, like you say, defensively. Not just in the defence, but the, in a defensive midfield role as well.
0: Yeah. They're not a big fan
1: of Xhaka at all.
0: Well, so I guess it's weird because they sort of play. You know, Gwendozy and Xhaka are ostensibly defensive midfielders, yeah. but the, I think Gwendausi's done well since um, since they signed him. But it is a bit of a black hole in front of the front of the defense. Perhaps not helped by yeah, Louise going walk about occasionally. But yeah, I, I think it'll be a, an entertaining game. I hope yeah. it'll be the same kind of uh, same kind of pattern we saw against Liverpool, but. You know, this time we actually stick one away, and uh, we don't throw one in our own net. We make them work. Yeah, that's so That doesn't happen again. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, as we've seen, it turns out that as long as we don't gift opponents a goal, they don't actually score against us. So no, let's hope that carries on. We, t- um, we like
1: gifting opponents chances. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, strange. Chance, you do. Uh, what do you think to any changes to the team from um, from Watford?
1: I, I think if Magoljic's fit, he's got to come back in. If he's not. And I think if McBurney's not fit, then you're going to have to play Moosey and Sharp for me.
0: Yeah. I wonder if Sharp might be a, a choice full stop, to be honest. I mean, I think, yeah. we, I think we expect Robinson will not play. Um, that would be my hunch, just based on the last couple of games, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Sharp, you know, he he's, he's not played a full 90 minutes yet in terms of, like, total minutes, but... He's got a goal. Uh, he's got the joint most chances created from all our strikers as well yeah. with McBurnie, who's obviously played a ton more minutes. He always looks really impactful when he comes on. I will not be anywhere near upset if he was starting. But, yeah, I do think McGoldrick will play. A slight worry, um, the reporting today was Wilder saying that uh, McBurney, Fleck and McGoldrick will be given every opportunity to prove their fitness ahead of the meeting with Arsenal now that nine times out of ten means um, they're not going to play. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, the fact that we're playing on Monday and not Saturday means that they will be good to go. I mean, you know with McGoldrick, because he hasn't played for... Does know, anyone for ask you know what's happened with Fleck? Like? No, I didn't even know he was injured until you told me the other day.
1: No, I mean, uh, he just wasn't in the squad and the commentator said like he wasn't fit enough to be on the bench. and then, hmm. But no one, I've, I've heard nothing about what the injury actually is.
0: Yeah, maybe just got a whack or something like that. yeah yeah, hopefully McGoldrick in. Uh, I do want to see that because I think, you know, even with the missed chances, we just look more dangerous when he plays. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good. I can't wait. It's going to be a long weekend, I think, waiting for uh, waiting for that one. But, um, yeah. yeah, then we're back at beautiful downtown Brammer Lane. Cannot wait. All right, buddy. Uh, let's leave it there. We flew through uh, quite a bit there. Yeah. Um, where can people check out your stuff? It's
1: www.roysvuefrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter.
0: Awesome, and we will look out for the view from Arsenal on Friday. Is it usually? Yeah, the- I'll
1: do it on Friday, the pre-match view. Yeah, I've got enough quotes already. To be honest, it's about four thousand Arsenal forums, so got a lot to pick from.
0: Yeah, nice one. All right, mate. Let's uh, let's leave it there then. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on. I'll talk to you later. See you later. So it's my great pleasure to be joined now by Andrew Mangan, the man behind Blog, uh extremely popular Arsenal website, podcast series, um, all-round content hub for the Gooners, I suppose. Andrew, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, thanks, Ben. How are you?
0: Very good, thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for uh, for coming on to talk to us about, um, about the upcoming match. Our first... Uh, actually, I should have looked this up. When was the last time we played Arsenal? I think it was probably in the FA Cup about... Hmm, probably about 8 or 9 years ago something like that that's a
2: really good question and as we sit here and we waffle away and sound like we know what we're talking about I might just uh, just just have a little Google Google that soccer base is great for that kind of thing and it's telling me that the last time we played was in the Carling Cup in 2009 Carlos Vela scored a hat trick and Arsenal won 6-0 at the Emirates
0: you know I was at that but I've managed to block that out
2: (laughs) Sorry to drag up all the old memories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, I remember going into that game, actually, uh, and seeing the Arsenal team sheet and thinking, ooh, we've got a chance here, because we were, we were a fairly decent championship side at the time. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, we were 6-0 down. And, uh, yeah, it's, I just think it was Jack Wilshere's debut he scored, and a lot of those players went on to... Uh, if not be superstars, then certainly go on to play like at the World Cup and things like that. So
2: yeah, that's true. Johan Juru was there. Fabianski, Kieran mm. Gibbs, Wilshire, Aaron Ramsey, a very young Aaron Ramsey back then. Uh, Carlos Vela, who's tearing it up in in MLS. Mm. And of course, the greatest striker that ever lived, Nicholas Bentner. Nicholas Bender, so yeah.
0: did he score? Is that why well, you've got soccer? He base, scored
2: twice. Oh. Yeah
0: yeah so much so much of my hopes of uh, getting a positive result out of that one anyway oh. let's uh, let, let's move to the present then um so yeah i wanted to get a uh, uh, an arsenal perspective on uh, well on many things actually but um i, I guess the, the obvious starting play place is um how would you rate Arsenal season so far and, and and how does it match up to your pre-season expectations what were you sort of um i guess what were you hoping for going into the season and and how is that sort of uh I guess, panned out over the first quarter or so of the season?
2: It's it's quite an interesting one because when you look at the league table, we're in third position. We've only lost one game. We're only a point behind Manchester City. Mm. Um, on that basis, you have to say that Arsenal are in a, a good position after the first eight games and we're in the middle of an international break. So you you can't have any real complaints about where we are. I think where the concerns... um come from for me anyway are, are the way we're playing and and that's not particularly convincing there seems to be like two arsenals hmm. at the moment there's the the cup arsenal and the premier league arsenal the cup arsenal um was great in the carabao cup and in the europa league they beat frankfurt three nil they beat standard liege i think it was five nil um they beat Nottingham Forest 5-0 uh, in the Carabao Cup. So, uh, And those performances have been really good and really exciting and a lot of young players have caught the eye. But when it comes to the Premier League, it's been a bit more of a, a chore, I think, to to win the games that we did. And there was a terrible, terrible game at Watford when we were 2-0 up and mm-hmm. we, we were just so bad in, in that game. I think that caused a huge amount of anxiety and strife for me anyway, and I think for a lot of Arsenal fans watching it, we haven't won any Premier League game this season by more than one goal. Right. Um, so there's a there's a strange dichotomy or a strange um, diversity between what we do in the Premier League and what we do outside the pressures of the Premier League. So I was expecting a bit more in terms of how we played and how we performed and what kind of what kind of performances Unai Emery could get from the team based on what we did in the transfer market. So where we are, you know, I can't really have too many complaints, but how we've got there is just a little bit of a a worry because I feel like if we keep playing in, in the way that we are, we won't. Be able to maintain the the results side of things.
0: Mm, the Premier League is very weird this season. I, I, I've seen <laughs> um, I've seen quite a lot of Arsenal this season actually, um, mainly in the in the cups. I, I suppose with the uh, the Europa League and yeah, it's uh, it's certainly been entertaining to watch. <laughs> you mentioned that Watford game. I mean, just uh, it, well pretty pretty much every Arsenal game I've seen is just so open and so many chances for both teams um probably the the most dull game has been the uh, the Man U one the other week but you know the yeah. north the north london derby for example i mean as a neutral um i doubt i'll see a better game this season it was just you know it could have been sort of 7 all or something like that it was it was yeah. very exciting what do you think that is down to the the kind of the different performance levels across the competitions is it just that the premier league is a uh, a higher standard of opposition than you've come up against in, in the Europa League and the Carabao Cup, or is it something else?
2: I, I think it might be something else. I mean, I think there is definitely a, a point to be made there about the calibre of the opposition, but I think it's to do with the the way that Unai Emery approaches the games. I think he, he realises that the Premier League is the bread and butter, and if you go back to the end of last season, we had this really terrible run towards the end where I think we only – picked up eight points out of our last 21, and we lost to uh, Crystal Palace at home. We lost to Wolves. We lost to Leicester. We drew 1-1 with Brighton, and had we had we won that Brighton game, we would have uh, finished in the top four and, and qualified for the Champions League. So we kind of fell apart in Premier League terms at the end of last season, and I just worry a little bit that there's kind of a hangover Um And Emery is a coach who likes to look at what the opposition do and he likes to try and set his team up in a way that I guess he feels will A, get the best out of his players, but also negate some of the threat of the opposition. And I'm not sure um, that it works all all the time. I, I think we don't quite have enough focus on the way that we want to play and as such, we tend to end up on the back foot. So we, we, we go up a goal against Bournemouth at home uh, just before the international break. Mm. And you're thinking, well, there's a good way. I was 10 minutes into the game and we're a goal up. And Bournemouth were absolutely awful in that first half. <laughs> they really were as bad as any team team I've seen in the Premier League for years and years and years and we know that Bournemouth are a pretty decent team um you know based on what they've done in the Premier League and they've beaten Arsenal in in years gone by so you know we're well aware of what they can do um we we couldn't really build on the goal in that first half when they were terrible and then in the second half we 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 I won't say we were necessarily on the back foot but again we couldn't we couldn't control the game or take the game by the scruff of the neck and get the second goal and, and really put Bournemouth, um, you know, to the sword. So I, I think there's a sort of maybe a psychological a pressure thing when it comes to the Premier League. And, and we're still dealing with a, a bit of an away day issue, you know, where we're not quite as confident on the road as we are at home. So that might even play into, you know, what's going to happen on Monday. But I, I think it's. I think there's a sort of inherent conservatism within Emery mm. that doesn't allow him to send his team out to play with the kind of freedom that we've seen in the cup games, um, and it might just be down to the the importance of every single Premier League point. Whereas with the Europa League and with the Carabao Cup, you're you're sort of a bit well, it's not so much who cares, but it's not <laughs> the be all and end all. You know, I don't want to be dismissive of of either competition and and, and what have you, but you know, Arsenal, this is the third year in the Europa League and people are a bit fed up of it so they aren't going to go too mad if you lose a Europa League game whereas with the Premier League, there isn't much room for manoeuvre
0: That's true, I suppose in the Europa League as well you can literally lose a few games and still qualify, can't you? It's quite a a lot of opportunity to make up ground Um, Is there any Arsenal player in particular who's kind of confounded your expectations this season? Um, Either in a good way or a bad way, I suppose
2: um I mean that's a good question. I mean obviously we have this Mesut Ozil situation that's ongoing and um that's that's one that is confounding a lot of people.
0: So so what uh, is going on there if you could just give a very quick sort of uh, a quick wrap up um, of w- where it's at. That is strange as an outsider.
2: Yeah, a, a quick wrap up is that basically last season there were issues between himself and Unai Emery. I think that that um when Emery came in he was very keen to make sure that it was something of a meritocracy, you know, that that, regardless of your star quality and your wages or, or you know, your stature as a player, you weren't treated any differently from anybody else. Mm. But you can understand as a new manager coming in, he has to try and, and do that. And under Arsene Wenger, Mesut Ozil was granted certain freedoms and licenses that other players weren't, shall we say. So if he wanted a day off, he kind of got a day off, and that wasn't the case last season. And there were issues, and um, they sort of mended their fences a bit. And then the Europa League final ended with with Ozil being taken off and replaced by Joe Willock, who at the time was 19 and had barely played any Premier League football, and it felt very pointed. But the summer came, and he was involved in preseason. He did very well, and and uh, there was that incident, obviously, with the, the knife threat and and all that. That seemed to to set him back. Um, but but basically what, what Emery is saying, uh, in the little that he does give away, is that he feels Ozil is not working hard enough on the training ground and he's not picking him in the squad. He didn't pick him for Europa league games. Um, he's barely played in the premier league. He's only played 70 minutes of, of Carabao cup football and 70 minutes of, of premier league football all season. So there's something, there's something going on in the background more than, more than we know. But the situation is, is, um, is confounding a lot of fans because we look at a team that maybe could do with somebody to, to provide that that creative edge, hmm. you know that 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 quality, that creativity that Mesut Ozil has, and when he's not in the team, and Arsenal aren't playing well, people are getting a bit vexed by that. So that's sort of really the only one I can think of, to be honest. Um, I mean, we've we've uh, we've seen some of the young players come through, and they've been really hmm. exciting. Willock has been fantastic. Saka has come through and and looks the part. Yeah, and, you know, there's a generation, a new generation of kids coming out of the Arsenal Academy who are, who are not only um, being given chances, they're taking chances. And even the the 18 year old Brazilian that we signed in in the summer, Gabriel Martinelli, he's played two games at the Emirates. He scored two goals in both of them. So <laughs> for the most part, the the the, the 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 players that stand out are ones that have done really well. Nobody's been particularly terrible, although, you know, you might um, have a few nightmares about our central defenders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I think some of that is down to how we leave those guys exposed. I'm not hmm. excusing their mistakes, but we. We aren't as well organised as we should be when it comes to protecting our defence.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, that Saka, actually, uh, it might have been the most recent Europa League game, but I was frantically googling, going, "Who is this guy? This guy looks brilliant!" And uh, yeah. yeah, he looks a real a real star just based on the sort of. 40 minutes or so that I've actually seen him play so far so yeah Yeah. interested to see how he develops um he's
2: he's only 18 as well he's only just gone 18 and and uh, I think what's really interesting about him is you see young players and maybe they're not quite physically ready for the Premier League but he's you know he's he's got what it takes from a physical point of view you know he's he's matured quite quickly in that regard so I think that's a big advantage for him
0: yeah definitely one to watch um so, turning towards uh, towards the game on Monday, then. Um, well, I suppose first of all, do, do you have any memories from uh, Arsenal meetings with with Sheffield United? I, I was thinking, we, even though we've only, what have we had? We've probably had one season in the same division in the last twenty years, something like that. But it, it feels like we've had some fairly dramatic encounters <laughs> in certainly in cup competitions. So, yeah, yes. any any memories in particular?
2: Well, obviously the the Steve Bruce the, mm. the Canu Overmars thing in the FA Cup was was uh, was one that sticks in the mind um, because of because of what happened and because of you know because of the replay and everything else. Yeah,
0: Do, um, would you, can you remember what you thought of that at the time? Can you remem- remember uh, how how yeah what went through your head? I suppose I
2: remember you know I remember thinking well that's kind of not how that should work. But I think if I'm right in remembering, Canu had only really just. Arrived in English football.
0: That was the story, yeah. That he just didn't yeah. understand the custom. Yeah, I, was...
2: I, I think, and I'm in fairness, I think that's, I think that's probably spot on. You know, I'm not sure Overmars had the same excuse.
0: No, and and I I went <laughs> to the um, so I wasn't at the game that that happened, but I went to the uh, replay in Commons, which was my my only trip to Highbury. Right, um, and and yes, uh, Overmars was very much the. Uh, the target of abuse from United fans for that one, so I think more people, uh, yeah, more people put the blame on that, on him.
2: Yeah. But 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 was that the game? Was it the replay when Bergkamp scored that chip?
0: Yes, it was right in front of us. Yeah, God, I've yeah. forgotten about that. Overmars actually, I think Overmars scored the first goal actually after getting all the abuse. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, it was a I, I was, yeah, I completely forgot about that. It was a yeah. fantastic goal by Bergkamp, yeah. one
2: of his one of his best. And I think the other thing that sticks in my mind is um, Phil Jagielka. In goal, <laughs> <laughs> in a game where I, I think we lost.
0: Yes, it was uh, it was one 0 to United. Um, Nil, yeah. but
2: you played about at least half an hour with Phil Jagielka in goal. Now, was it because of a sending off, or was it? No, our goalkeeper got injured. Um, he was Paddy per-
0: Ken- Paddy Kenny. It? He was perennially yeah. injured. I would say he went down sort of ten times a season with an injury. <laughs> um, and Warnock who was the manager at the time uh, you could only name five substitutes at that point uh, and he uh, which I think I always maintain this is quite ahead of the curve actually but he would not pick a substitute goalkeeper on the bench he'd have a, another striker and you know the logic being you're more likely to uh, have value from that other striker so yeah, yeah. Jagielka. It wasn't the only time he went in goal, but it was one of his uh, one of his more memorable ones, I think. And yeah, he made a it made a couple of good saves. There was a Van Persie one from quite close range that he saved, and uh, yeah. yeah, we uh, we we got a win that we thought was going to put us well on the way to safety, but unfortunately not.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that that sticks in my mind in in a big way because you know it, it summed up quite a some of the frustrations that people had or were beginning to have with with, with Arsenal. Um, mm. But when you think about it, you know we had Rositsky on the pitch. Gilberto Silva, Julio Baptista, I think mm. was playing Fabregas was certainly uh brought on um and and we couldn't beat Phil Jagielka. So yeah, that <laughs> sticks in my mind in a big way. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, same here. <laughs> I've not forgotten that
2: one. Um
0: I mean obviously the the main threats from uh, from modern day Arsenal uh the two strikers Lacazette and particularly Aubameyang who is a it's just a machine, isn't it? I mean, mm. it, it just um, it, it confounds all the kind of uh, advanced metrics with uh, with football analytics. You know, he just, score, he just scores goals like, out, out of nothing. You know, just a phenomenal finisher. So um, they're obviously the main threats, but I wanted to ask you, who else do you think United should be concerned about going into this game?
2: Um, it's a good question. I mean, at some point we have to hope that Nicolas Pepe... Um, sparks into life mm. from a goal-scoring point of view. I know he's he, he scored a penalty the other week and he did get an assist in our last game. But it was a corner. Um, but, he, you know, he's had a slow start to life in English football. Um, but if you're talking about, you know, from a sheer quality point of view uh, and somebody who could really cause you problems, he, he would be he would be um, someone I'd point to. I'm not sure that Lacazette, is going to make it. He could be fit, but if he is, I think he'll just be he'll just be on the bench. Mm. And then I think you're looking at uh, you know the, like I, I can't see any way in, in which Ozil is playing in this game. Um, so then you're looking at maybe some some of the younger players um, as the ones who might cause you problems. So Saka, Martinelli, Willock, who who has this. Mm. Has this ability to arrive in the box and be in the box at the right moment? You know, one of those players where, when the ball falls mm-hmm. or breaks loose in the box, he he's there or thereabouts. Yeah. He has that knack. So, I think he's three goals already this season. Um, so, you know, th- those would be the ones that I I would um, I would talk about um, as the ones that would probably cause you danger. Uh, I'm I'm hoping as well that Kieran Tierney will be fit and ready to start and if he is based on what we saw in the game against standard he is certainly someone who could give you problems down the left-hand side if not necessarily being a goal threat himself but somebody whose delivery and whose whose presence down that left uh you know could be really beneficial for arsenal from a from an attacking point of view
0: mm. has he been injured to start the season so...
2: yeah he arrived injured i think he had a kind of a uh, a groiny hippy pubic kind of injury. <laughs> <Blimey>. uh, yeah, <laughs> one of those that 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 takes a little bit of time to to do away with. But you know they 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 obviously weren't put off by the fact he was going to arrive injured. They spent fairly big on him this summer in twenty five million. They they've got somebody who they think is going to be the 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 left back for years to come, and uh, it, it's a position that we've we've needed, if not necessarily a massive upgrade in. A different profile of player, if you like. I think Monreal was was a really excellent player for us. Uh, mm. You know, a, a really solid pro. But Kalasinac, as a defender, you know, um, there are questions. Uh, mm. uh, his his um, his defending, which is not great when you're a defender. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think Tierney is somebody who could definitely add something. In. And obviously, on the other side, Hector Bellerin is coming back too. So we're looking at having two very similar fullbacks in terms of you know their profile they're quick they're strong they're good defenders but they're good in the final third as well and mm. and people are pinning a lot of hopes on them um, making the team better so uh, I'll keep fingers crossed for that
0: hmm. nice yeah I'm really looking forward to this obviously it's um it's ages since our last game what with international breaks and all um and we were obviously uh, away with the last game so it will be what was it like three weeks? I think between home games for us, and um, yeah, there's there's not many night matches in the Premier League either. We've uh, we, we, you know having been so long in the Championship and League One where you play um, 46 games, we, we're really missing the midweek games so far this season. So yeah, I, a rare chance to get to Bramall Lane under lights.
2: Um, a, a Monday night is terrible, though, isn't it? I think I think Monday night football, particularly when you're coming back after an international break, where you're going, oh, the football's back this weekend. there's like ah, oh, God, <laughs> yeah, you there got, is, there got is got a bit of that. Of that.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we have this weirdly terrible record after international breaks, um, which is you know it sounds like such a, a typical football fan thing to say, but it it is actually quite bizarre because obviously last season we won a lot of games, but we didn't win a single game after an international break, which is really really strange. We played quite poorly, and we're, we're zero for one for this season as well. So we're we're all hoping that um, having those extra three days will uh, will will kind of help us to. Uh, to get it sorted but we'll see i suppose um one final question for you sure um how much are you enjoying the uh the current tottenham hotspur malaise
2: well i mean obviously it's it's a wonderful thing to watch um when they get battered 7-2 by by Bayern Munich that's that's a wonderful uh that's a wonderful piece of viewing um because as well yeah, with Gnabry scoring the goals, and the great thing was, was I was I was sitting there and um, I was reading a book and I was going to stream the, the football on my laptop and I just saw it pop up on Twitter. You know, Son scored the first goal and they're beating Bayern Munich one nil. And I was like, ah. I can't be arsed, can't be arsed watching this. So I read my book for uh, about 45 minutes, an hour, and then my my switched on my phone. It was like, Canabry And I was, oh, I'll, I'll just switch the stream on. And by the time I'd switched the stream on, he'd scored again, and it was great. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it's one of those things that, um, it, it's one of the most underrated things in football where people sort of talk, you know, as if you have to be magnanimous and you have to be kind of, grown up about certain things, but really when you're a football fan, is there anything quite as enjoyable as bad things happening to teams you dislike? I mean, I know we should all be focused on what our own team does and it's great when we win, but it's also fantastic when, you know, your direct rivals or your local rivals, when they make an absolute balls of things or where they go through a, you know, a period of bad form, you know, it's, it's thoroughly enjoyable Um, and I I make no apologies for thoroughly getting on board with the misery of others because I know that they do it when bad things happen to Arsenal it's not necessarily personal but you're not going to pass up an opportunity to have a go when when things go like that so yeah it's great
0: spoken like a true football fan no uh (laughs) Yeah, there's, uh, you know, you just can't help it, can you? I mean, as you say, the, the oh. main the main focus for for me as a fan is uh, is Sheffield United winning games. But if we can have a Sheffield double where Wednesday lose at the same time, mm. that, that's the perfect weekend. Sure but, is. Yeah, glad to hear it. Um, Andrew, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time to talk to us. Um, if if people want to check out more of your well your your writings, your your podcasting, where where would they do so?
2: Uh, everything is on blog. Dot com. Uh, the podcast is there if you want to search for the podcast and listen to it it's called the arse cast um and you know you get it wherever you get podcasts so you know uh yeah that's it fantastic
0: that- stuff thanks once again for joining me
2: my pleasure maybe when the uh, season chugs on we might do it the the other way around for for our show
0: uh, i'd love to It'd be my pleasure thank you again
2: my pleasure